Welcome, friends. I'm Reverend Tim Earhart, and this is Daily Bible Reflections for July 26, 2023. Today's Gospel lesson is from Matthew chapter 12, verses 15 to 21. Justice for All When Jesus became aware of this, that is, a plot to kill him, he departed. Many followed him, and he cured all of them, and he ordered them not to make him known. This was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not wrangle or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. He will not break a bruised reed or quench a smoldering wick until he brings justice to victory, and in his name the Gentiles will hope. New Revised Standard Version Saying the words, I love you, is important, and it's also significant how we say it. If our tone of voice is monotone and our affect flat, then the incongruence between the words and the manner in which they are said will leave our love unrequited. If, however, our tone is soothing and excited and our face beaming as if starstruck, then the love expressed will likely be received and stick. Christians have a message of love to the world. It's a message of Jesus Christ and his love for humanity. Both the content of our message and the way we communicate that message are vitally significant. For if the words don't match our tone of voice and affect, then love is not what we convey. Yet if we have been profoundly and meaningfully touched by the love of God in Christ, then that love will not be constrained. It will find a way to express itself with appropriate mannerisms. The way in which Christ proclaimed his message testified that he was indeed the promised Savior and the rightful ruler for God's world. The message of Jesus was proclaiming justice to the nations. The disciple Matthew used a quote from the prophet Isaiah to explain the reason why Jesus withdrew and told people not to make him known. This was a curious act for a Messiah, to say the least. After all, we might believe Jesus should loudly proclaim who he is and what he's doing. Human ingenuity might say he ought to be advancing, not retreating, getting his name out with some notoriety and a slick marketing message so that people will come running into the kingdom of God. But Jesus goes a different direction. Matthew, again quoting Isaiah, made it clear who Jesus is and what he's all about. Jesus is God's servant. Jesus is God's beloved son, with whom he is well pleased. The Holy Spirit came on him in his baptism. Jesus became a teacher of justice to the nations, that is, to Gentiles, to all kinds of people even the ones we don't like. I personally find it strange that some Christian folk think justice is something which is not a part of the gospel, 
as if it were nice, but optional. They might believe it's important to engage in some sort of social justice toward the downtrodden, but want to put it on a secondary shelf. Speaking the message is primary to them, as if we could or should separate the message from the messenger. Yet we could no more divide the good news of forgiveness in Christ from social justice any more than we can neatly separate the cross and resurrection. All of it is redeeming worth. It all goes together. In the kingdom of God, all things and all people are to be redeemed and come under the lordship of Christ. And the practice of justice is central to making redemption a reality for humanity. Micah 6.8 says, He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Mercy and justice go together like corn on the cob and butter, like pork ribs with barbecue sauce. Okay, I'm from Iowa after all. Kindness and mercy refers to God's unconditional grace and compassion. Justice treats all people with equity, without any favoritism. Biblical justice is not primarily punishment for wrongdoing. It gives people their rights, and this concept is overwhelmingly taught in Holy Scripture, over 200 times in the Old Testament alone. Jesus Christ's Back to the Bible movement rightly emphasized justice. God loves and defends the weak, the poor, and the powerless. It says in Psalm 146, He gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. The Lord protects the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and widows, but he frustrates the plans of the wicked. We as God's people are to share the Lord's passion for justice. Proverbs 31.8 says, Speak out on behalf of the voiceless, and for the rights of all who are vulnerable. Deuteronomy 27.19 says, Cursed is anyone who obstructs the legal rights of immigrants, orphans, or widows. All the people will reply, We agree. Since believers are justified by faith in Christ, we bring justice to our communities in both word and deed, by advocating for the least, the lost, the last, and anyone else without social or economic power in this world. <clears throat> we are to use our voice for both us and for those who have no voice. The voice of justice is the voice of action. To be concerned for the justice of God is to actively work for God's rule and reign to enter every inch of this world to penetrate every nook and cranny of our homes, neighborhoods, and schools. If you are a Christian and you refrain from committing adultery or using profanity or missing church, but you don't do the hard work of thinking through how to do justice in every area of your life, you are failing to live justly and righteously. The Christian life is much more than avoiding sin. It's about actively pursuing God's will through words and acts of justice on behalf of the needy.
Jesus came to this earth to proclaim justice, and as his followers, he expects us to do it too. For this to happen, we must overcome our prejudices toward anybody unlike us, so that we will stand with the weak, the poor, the oppressed, the lowly, and the pained all around us. The probing question for us is this. Am I able to see the image of God in someone very different from me? Jesus did. Christ will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice. That is, Jesus is gentle, humble, and meek. He didn't look for dramatic confrontations with others, but instead went quietly about his father's business. Jesus was no bullhorn guy loudly proclaiming his message on a street corner. Instead, he interacted with and ministered to the lowliest people of society who had no power and nothing to give in return. Jesus did everything to connect with them and not to avoid them. Along the Jordan River in Israel, reeds grew by the millions in Christ's day. They had little value because there were so many of them. Reeds were used to make baskets, pens, flutes, and a variety of other things. A perfect reed is fragile, and a bruised one is pretty useless. The reference that God's servant will not break a bruised reed means that Jesus will treat the weak with sensitivity. A smoldering wick is also not worth much. If it's damaged, you just get another one. A contemporary example might be a paperclip. It's not worth much to us. In a damaged one, we simply discard and use another. The point is, Jesus handles hurting people with care. Societies poor, disadvantaged, and struggling will not be callously overlooked and tossed aside by Jesus. Jesus Christ discovered his own island of misfit toys. He then demonstrated to the world that they are a needed part of society. Small wonder, then, that droves of the lowliest people throughout history have come to Jesus, placing their hope in him. It says in Hebrews 4, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us, then, approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. May you find Christ, God's servant, as your anchor and hope in this world. Amen.